you know, endometriosis, like I said, it can, it can be controlled and it can be taken care of. And, uh, it's, it's like a, it's just a chronic disease that you have to always be treating, mm -hmm. but there is hope because there's a lot of medications and a lot of new research and, uh, things that can help women. Hello everyone, you're listening to Her Health, the show that puts women's health first and helps you prioritize your well-being and whole body health. I'm your host, Brett Barrow, and this season we are exploring topics to promote women's health on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, to help you take control of your health and wellness so you can thrive and be your healthiest you. Today I am joined by Dr. Sarah Ramirez, and today we are discussing endometriosis. I personally think this is a topic that most of us have heard of, but maybe don't quite understand. So I'm very grateful that Dr. Ramirez is here with us today. Let's give her a big welcome. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. So before we get started, can you give us a little background on yourself? Okay. Yes. I'm um, an OBGYN practicing in private practice in Mission Viejo. I'm with the Mission Heritage OBGYN group, and I do um gynecology and obstetrics that means i deliver babies but i also see uh, uh routine uh, well woman exams uh surgeries and uh, all parts of women's health care from uh, the teenage years through the menopause and beyond oh wow so you're de you definitely are busy yes <laughs> um, so we're here to discuss endometriosis, and I feel like there's often confusion about what it may be and how it affects women. Can you explain to us what it is and what's happening in the body when someone has it? So basically endometriosis, and, and again, it's confusing also. There's a lot of different theories uh, on what exactly endometriosis is, but the main theory that we're going with is it's caused by what we call retrograde menstruation so the it is a disease of chronic pain and infertility and uh, it's caused by uh, implants of the uterine lining or the endometrium that's where the the term endometriosis comes from that uh, implants of the uterine lining get into your abdo abdominal and pelvic cavity and cause pain oh wow that sounds painful. So is this yes, common? It, yes, it can affect up to 10% of women. Wow, that's a lot of women. And what would you, how many, how does a woman end up getting diagnosed with it? Well, usually the main complaint is painful periods. Mm -hmm. And that can start as young as the teenage years. And then other complaints are pure, uh, pain in between the periods, mm -hmm. pain with intercourse. Sometimes it's diagnosed by a patient having uh, a cyst on an ultrasound that we that looks like endometriosis. It's called an endometrioma, and that's another way we diagnose it. But the main component of the patient's symptom is pain. And so if a woman is, well, is that how it's usually diagnosed? Yes. Pa uh, patients come to the doctor complaining of uh, painful periods or pain during intercourse or just pain throughout the, the month. Also, there's uh, patients that are trying to get pregnant and can't conceive. Then uh, that's another 
red flag to look for endometriosis. So are there different stages of it? Yes, there's technically there's four stages, stage one through stage four. And the, the milder forms of endometriosis is the, you can just see implants in the uh, abdominal cavity. And then it, as the implants get bigger, they can cause scar tissue, they can cause masses on the ovary and uh, complete uh, obliteration of the, uh, the, what we call the, the pelvic organs where everything is covered in endometriosis. That's the worst stage. So the interesting thing about endometriosis is that the pain is not always consistent with the amount of endometriosis that a patient has. So a patient can have severe pain, but only have mild endometriosis. On the flip side, a patient can have really bad endometriosis and have no symptoms. So if someone has always experienced pretty painful periods with heavy bleeding, do you suggest that they ask their doctor if endometriosis is a possibility or could it be something else? Well, we always have to rule out other things first. Okay. So we start with the, the simple workup, which is a pelvic ultrasound to rule out any masses or fibroids or other things that could be causing pain and period, uh, heavy periods. And that's also depending on the patient's age group, what you're looking for. Obviously, patients in their 40s, you're more likely to see fibroids or polyps or other things causing pain. But the ultrasound, is, it's not 100% because the, the, it's very difficult to diagnose endometriosis. People have tried with pelvic ultrasounds, with um, MRI, but the most accurate way to diagnose endometriosis is by doing a surgery, which is called a laparoscopy, where we, oh. we uh, take the patient's surgery, it is general anesthesia, and we... Um, look inside the abdomen with the scope and mm -hmm. identify the, the lesions because they can be microscopic. So it's not something you're always gonna see on an ultrasound. That's why the history and physical is very important in diagnosing endometriosis. How long does it often go that someone could have, a woman could have symptoms to the point of diagnosis? Like what's typically the length of time? Would it be like if you had painful periods since you were a teenager or your early twenties and now finally, you're in your 30s with a diagnosis or does it usually happen? Is that not how it happens at all? Well, what, what, what we usually do with endometriosis, since it is hard to diagnose and it, it's very uh, risky to take everyone to surgery if they have painful periods. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what we usually do is we do this, the workup, the physical exam, the pelvic ultrasound, just go by the patient's symptoms. And then we try a, a form of treatment uh, to see if the patient responds. And if the patient responds great, then it probably just was painful periods. Mm -hmm. um, but if the patient doesn't respond, then we look for, uh, further. And that can take up to one, one to two years. And, and some patients are going you know, between different doctors and mm -hmm. telling their symptoms. And they, you know, are, yes, they, the, the diagnosis can be missed. Are there triggers that make the symptoms worse? The, and well, what, what makes these lesions grow is estrogen. Okay. So uh, when you're uh, having your menstrual cycle is when it's the worst because okay. that's when the um, estrogen has been uh, released. 
mm-hmm. and uh, you've already ovulated, and that's when those uh, implants are most stimulated. Do we know what causes endometriosis? Well, what happens is the theory is that when you have your menstrual period, the some of the lining goes what we call it's called retrograde menstruation, where some of the blood goes backwards instead of coming out it Mm. goes back in through your fallopian tubes and into your abdomen and it it lands on your ovaries it lands on your uterus it lands on what we call the the peritoneum which is the covering of the abdomen Uh, it covers your whole uh, abdomen especially in the lower abdomen and it's very sensitive so if there's a piece of it and it, it looks like when we go in to do surgery and we look at the implants, it look like mm-hmm. it looks like blood. Oh. And um, so it's and it's very painful. And then again, it's stimulated every month by the estrogen. And there's it's there's also some inflammatory response, like a mm-hmm. prostaglandin response with uh, endometriosis that makes it even more painful. Since these implants are on the uterus or mm-hmm. on the ovary or on what we call the peritoneum of the lower pelvis, mm-hmm. uh, they can get inflamed every month when they're exposed to estrogen. And um, the inflammation is caused by a, what we call prostaglandins, which are what causes uterine uh, cramping uh, and inflammation. So. Would it be that maybe you see, like would a, a woman be more bloated? Is that what you mean by inflammation, or is it more internal? It, um, it there is bloating, but it's mm-hmm. more uh, pain. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, in medicine, we we describe uh, uh, inflammation as a form of pain. As pain. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a good thing to know. Um, yes. So the 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 one of the treatments that we start with especially in young girls, it, we, we recommend the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents like ibuprofen, naproxen, mm-hmm. and the prescription strengths because they reduce that inflammation and that's how it helps reduce pain. Is endometriosis hereditary or is it just a random occurrence in some women? No, it can be uh, hereditary. There's not a specific gene like uh-huh. some like yeah. breast cancer or ovarian cancer, but there is a, they call it multifactorial. So yes, if your mother or sister had it, you're probably seven to 10 times more likely to have it than the average person. Wow. So it does run in families. families. Um, as far as uh, fertility, does endometriosis affect a woman's ability to get pregnant? Mild endometriosis does not. Mm-hmm. So that's where, when it comes, it's difficult for us because there's patients that have really bad pain, but they don't have bad endometriosis causing scar tissue or masses on the ovary that can in, uh, inhibit fertility. So if a patient has a mass or a cyst on their ovary, and those cysts are made of blood, and we call them chocolate cysts because when chocolate we go cysts? in, that's what they look. Yeah, chocolate okay. cysts. Yeah, it's just, it's like old blood. So um, if a patient has that, definitely can affect her fertility and she would definitely need surgery to take care of that. But mild endometriosis does not affect fertility. Do a lot of women figure out that they have um, 
endometriosis because of infertility issues? Yes. Yes. And what would they do in terms of trying to become more fertile, I guess? You know, if they have endometriosis, is there something that they could do? Or is infertility just part of um, the struggle with having it? So basically, if they are infertile and they have a cyst or were very strong, you know, uh, suspicion for endometriosis, we do surgery and we go in and we remove, for example, if they have a cyst on the ovary, then we remove that because that's probably preventing her from ovulating. Oh. And if there's scar tissue, we remove the scar tissue and uh, the endometriosis can be cauterized. And then once that's done, then we treat the patient with something to stop the estrogen stimulation of the endometriosis. And that would be, uh, there's a, a lot of medications that we can use and treatments. So, For example, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, that was my next question was treatments. <laughs> so basically what we do, uh, and, and every patient is different. Mm -hmm. So if it's a young girl that simply has have menstrual cramps, they could just be menstrual cramps or it could be endometriosis or mild endometriosis. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the mainstay of treatment in mild endometriosis or patients that just have, have um, menstrual period, uh, painful menstrual periods is the oral contraceptives. Mm -hmm. the oral contraceptives stop your body from producing the estrogen that stimulates the um the um endometriosis and also like i said before the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like the ibuprofen for the pain and if a patient so we usually give them about six months on the oral contraceptives to see if they get better if they do great if they don't then the next option a lot of uh, doctors will use this or recommend as a progesterone IUD mm -hmm. because again that IUD what it does is it makes the lining of the uterus very thin or takes it away completely so it can't continue to feed the uh, endometriosis if the patient doesn't respond to that then you make the decision whether or not you go in and do surgery to see if that's if that's what's causing their pain if you can go in and the surgery uh, now, it's not only to diagnose the endometriosis, but you treat the endometriosis by either if there's a cyst or if there's uh, implants of endometriosis, we cauterize them and actually remove them. Are there, um, it, I think you may have touched upon this, but um, does uh, once someone's been treated, will they have a better chance of getting pregnant if that's something that they want? Yes. Okay. Yes. The, 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 um, and we always recommend try to get us pregnant as soon as possible because before it can grow back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you have a surgical treatment, another treatment that we do, uh, if the patient, if there's nothing really obvious with the surgery that we, there's some other medications that are stronger than the oral contraceptives. They're called GR, GRNH, uh, agonists or antagonists. Uh -huh. And um, you've probably heard of Lupron. Um, uh, it's a medication that shuts down the ovaries. Basically, it puts the woman into menopause. Oh, so wow. there's no estrogen into their system to dry up the endometriosis, basically. 
And sometimes we uh, give that medication to patients right after we do a surgery for endometriosis so it doesn't come back. And if there was any that we missed at the time of surgery, it would prevent it from growing back. And then after that treatment, they can try to get pregnant. Does this issue affect anything else besides painful periods and infertility? What's very interesting is that because it's in your abdomen and it's all over your, everything is all, you know, it, it can affect your bowels. Some people get uh, diarrhea, constipation, pain with defecation. Some people get, it can be on their bladder. It's been, it's been uh, reported in surgical incisions. I mean, endometriosis can pretty much uh, end up in a lot of different areas. It's pretty rare. It's mostly pelvic, uh, pelvic pain and infertility. Um, if you should, should someone who has uh, endometriosis, should they get treated for it? Or just, is this something that they would just let kind of nature resolve it or just let it be? I mean, at what point do you um, normally suggest that someone get treatment? Well, most patients, when they come in, they're uncomfortable. So they want something. Okay. So we recommend that treating it, especially uh, young, if it's developing in young women that you know want future fertility, then it's good to be, for example, to be on the pill to prevent it from getting worse. Um, you know, there's also, um, the, um, there's a new medication out that, um, the, re the recommendations now because of the, you know, the cost and risk of surgery, a lot of times if we're suspicious for endometriosis, we will treat the patient prior to actually doing a surgery and getting a definitive diagnosis. Uh, so how long are you, how, at what age are you able to diagnose endometriosis? And uh, what's the earliest that you could actually begin giving treatments? Well, the, uh, the issue is that a lot of times when patients, maybe like a 16 year old girl has painful mm. periods, uh, we're assuming that she just has painful periods, but she could be having endometriosis and okay. we start treating them at that young age. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there's really not an age where you, uh, we treat painful periods and then we assume, yes, it could be endometriosis. And if they get better, great. If they don't, then you have to look further. So does treatment ever involve having a hysterectomy? So in patients that uh, have a lot, have had, for example, there's some patients that have had recurrent surgeries and, uh, or they've had some patients develop endometriosis later in life and have their children younger and develop later in life and they have a lot of pain and scar tissue and they're done having their families. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do do surgery for that in, in those cases. So that's basically, that's basically like the, the last resort type of treatment. Right. And it, and it all depends on where the woman is in their reproductive uh, life. If they're 39 and they've had three kids and they're having these recurrent bouts of endometriosis, then yes. The okay. only thing that's a, a problem is that uh, when the ovaries are affected, 
And we don't want to remove a woman's ovaries too soon because it would right. put her into menopause. Right. So that's always a, a fine uh, balance when you decide to do, to actually do the surgery or uh, wait it out. And um, endometriosis is, is not related to any type of cancer, right? No, it's not, it's not uh, precancerous or, or cancer. But whenever you, you have a patient with pain, especially in older patients, it's, uh -huh. it's very rare. You, you always have to uh, rule out other things. Yeah, uh, endometriosis can be what and we call in medicine a diagnosis of exclusion. You can't just say, oh, she has pain, she must have endometriosis. You have to make sure that some patients have irritable bowel syndrome, some people have some patients have bladder issues like interstitial cystitis. Yes, some you you some patients may have a cancer in there or a fibroid or something. So you always have to make sure that uh, you do the complete workup and make sure that you can't just blanket all pain to endometriosis. Got it. That makes a that makes a lot of sense. What are some lifestyle changes uh, women can make to help their symptoms? I actually read something about an endometriosis diet. Do you suggest that to people? And if so, what kinds of foods do you suggest them eating or avoiding? Well, just like the same. Um, we, we, what we tell patients that have severe uh, menstrual cramps or premenstrual dysphoric disorder, that used to be called PMS, mm -hmm. there's things that can trigger it right around the cycle. Like yeah. for example, the things that you probably want to eat, like mm -hmm. chocolate and salty mm -hmm. things, those mm -hmm. are things you wanna avoid oh. right at the time of the, the menstrual cycle. And the other thing that really helps a lot and again, that's probably what you don't want to do, but regular exercise uh, helps a lot, especially right around the time of the menstrual cycle, because it really releases those endorphins and uh, reduces, you know, increases blood flow to that whole area and, you know, keeps the, um, uh, what we call the, the prostaglandins in check. So I was just, just going to ask you about exercise, because I know that when you're crampy and you don't feel good, that's kind of the last thing that you want to do. But I would imagine when you're dealing with something like that, you're almost desperate to find any solution that might make it better. I know. I know. It's uh, that's a lot. I know you want to just, you know, have a chocolate bar yeah. and some pretzels <laughs> and then uh, lay on your couch yeah. instead of you know, eating healthy and getting out and going for a run. Yeah. But definitely. that's probably the best thing. <laughs> that that seems very counterintuitive. But if it's productive, then I'm all for it. What do you, what is your, what are your thoughts, I guess, or what have you seen in terms of endometriosis affecting a woman's mental health? I imagine it does some type of, you know, damage or it has an impact on, on women because no one wants to have painful periods and go through all of this. Right. It is, it is very uh, hard on women to have the chronic pain and also to have to be using treatments all the time thinking mm -hmm. oh, i would i wish i just didn't have to do this and it can that there is a high uh higher chance of depression in women who have chronic or anybody who has chronic pain mm -hmm. um but uh because yes the the thing about endometriosis it, it's chronic it's not something that you just have for a couple years and goes away it's something that you have to deal with uh, your whole life basically. 
So are there ever times within a woman's cycle where maybe they are pain-free? If they have endometriosis? Yeah, usually um, right after the menstrual cycle is when it's the best because that's okay. before all, that's when your hormones are the lowest and they oh, haven't, the estrogen hasn't increased and, and the, you know, you haven't uh, what we call ovulated. Got so it. that's why the, that's why uh, the treatments like that decrease estrogen in your body, like the uh, oral contraceptives or the progesterone IUD or the mm -hmm. GnRH agonist and antagonist, they reduce estrogen in your system. Oh, that makes sense. So that's uh, that's when the, the that's when the best time is. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I've actually gone through all of my questions. So, is there anything else that you'd like the listeners to know about endometriosis that we haven't covered yet? Well, I think it's just important to know that there's all different uh, ranges of endometriosis and there's so many different treatment options. And um, basically, we didn't have anything new for many years. And in the last couple of years, we've had some new medications that are anti-estrogen uh, uh, targeted that help uh, and can help a patient avoid surgery. It, endometriosis, like I said, it can it can be controlled and it can be taken care of, and uh, it's it's like a it's just a chronic disease that you have to always be treating. Mm -hmm. But there is hope because there's a lot of medications and a lot of new research and uh, things that can help women. That so that's an important message I think to any woman out there who feels like she doesn't have options. There is hope and there are options out there. So. Thank you so much, Dr. Ramirez, for being here today and for all of you for joining us today on Her Health. We look forward to continuing the conversation on women's health with more experts from Providence in future episodes. Make sure to listen to all of our shows on Dash Radio under Future of Health Radio or your favorite podcast platforms. And be sure to follow us on social media. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and Instagram under Providence Health System. To learn more about our mission, programs, and services, go to providence.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you again soon.